0: live with Ruth Sternberg, career confidence coach. This is awesome. We all need some confidence. We all need to feel good. And we this year, who's going to help <laughs> us. So welcome. Welcome to the show. It's great
1: to be here.
0: Hey, so one of the things I know we have mutual interest in is mindset. And I'm a big believer in having a positive mindset to succeed in your career and job search. So And I I find out that you also feel this way. So maybe you could tell me a little bit about how you view mindset and how that could help people do well in their careers.
1: Okay, so I'm sure that a lot of you, if you're you're watching, kind of already have read this and kind of know what I'm going to say, but it's really hard to live it. Everything that you believe about yourself, it's just made up stuff.
0: Wait, is what do you he, mean by that? That's an interesting concept. Um, you that That's kind of trippy.
1: Well, you kind of, when you're growing up, you get molded by a lot of things. What your parents tell you is true about yourself, what your friends tell you. There's things you start saying to yourself, like, oh, I want to do that thing. No, I can't do that. I'm just, no, nobody's going to listen to me. I can't present this idea. I'm not going to go for that job. I'll never get hired. We have these beliefs that. We can or can't do something, right? And a lot of people, a huge number of people, maybe you, feel like you're not allowed to be part of the whatever it is that everybody else is doing. And truth is that you are. It's just that you have to work on, you know, undoing all the damage. (laughs) Should I even use that word? You know, that's been done to you. It's really difficult. And you've probably, a lot of you have probably read up on this if you're interested in it, and I'm sure you too, Jack. It's kind of, it's a practice. I mean, you have to say affirming things to yourself. When you're having a negative thought, you have to immediately stop and reframe it in a different way. There are practices like when you go to sleep at night, you think of three things that went right during the day. and You just picture them and you dwell on them, and then you go to sleep. And you just keep doing this every single day. You try to get yourself to see that most things in your life are probably going right. And also, you have unlimited potential. You, you really do, you're really allowed to get out there. And you know what? We live in a great country, despite all the crap that goes on occasionally, politically, um, because we're a lo- we can do it. We can we can reinvent ourselves numerous times and we are allowed to do it, right?
0: See, I really love that advice because I think most people do feel that way where, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't have the right skills. I didn't come from the right family. I didn't go to the right university. And it's, it's self-defeating. So like you you lost the game already because of your mindset, as opposed to what you're saying is to kind of rip everything up and say, hey, I might have been not so great when I was younger, but so what? You're not, that's not you anymore. You're a new version of you right now. And that version is different. That version is built for success.
1: Well, I mean, you've got you, you know, there's there's a well-known story, true story about a young woman who was homeless and she ended up graduating from Harvard. I mean, come on. She didn't have a prayer. She had nobody to guide her. she no, she didn't know anybody who'd gone there. She she had to. I mean, I'm not saying it's an easy thing. Right. If you have a goal, you have to figure out, okay, what do I need to know to get to that goal? And then you have to do it. You have to execute the steps, right? It can be very hard. And and one of the things you have to do is surround yourself with people who support you while you're doing that and not be around the people who just denigrate you. You know, you need to just say bye-bye to those people because they're just bringing you down.
0: so so it sounds like what you're you're suggesting and this is this is not just doing one thing this is a combination of things you got to get rid of the toxic people who are around you who bring you down because we all have that that's people who Mm -hmm. instead of uplifting you just drag you down you know what is it like lobsters when they're in the pot you know (laughs) they they bring each other down you know for i
1: think it's the hot water but
0: (laughs) so so you have to get rid of like the toxic people around you. And yeah, ha- so it, by changing your mindset, what you say affirmations, mantras, what else can you do on a regular basis to kind of switch gears?
1: Well, one of the things you can do is you can imagine, you can, you can imagine what you can say to yourself, how do I want the situation to be? Okay. Dream. Write it down. If I could do exactly what I want, and if I could have the conditions be exactly what I want, this is what I want them to look like. But take it a step further and pretend you have it already. Say to yourself, "Oh my God, I love my job. I have the best boss. And I am allowed to um, you know share ideas and work on projects. I really love the company and its mission. or if you're somebody who wants to be self-employed, you can say, oh my gosh, I have 20 clients. I am just, I'm helping people all over the place. It's going really well. Live in this, start in your head, living in the space where you want to live. Because, and actually there's research behind this. If you sort of pretend that you're there, you start behaving in a way that drives you toward that success, right? And I say, Okay, it's easy to be negative, but it's easy to be positive too. Right? You you have to choose. And actually just read an article and now I can't remember who wrote it. Um, about how happiness is actually a choice. It's a choice. You can you can choose to just bring yourself down or you can choose to work on going the other direction.
0: Now, know what you're suggesting is this kind of a variation of act as if, you know, exactly. That's you know, this- exactly what it is but it's a more sophisticated way of, of laying it out is that not just acting as you 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 know, but being that part, it's almost, I don't know if this sounds wrong, but it's almost like you're being an actor and actress where I'm, I'm in this role, I got this role. You know, I've destined to be in this role and you talk yourself into it, you self-talk yourself into it, self-positive talk. And then before you know it, you're doing it.
1: Oh no, it's totally true. And I, I love this example that uh, I read in this amazing book, which I'm gonna recommend to you all. It's called The Art of Possibility. It's a 20 year old book, but it's an amazing book. It's by Ben and Rosamond Zander. And those of you who follow classical music probably know that Ben Zander is the founder and conductor of the Boston Philharmonic. Now, his wife is a therapist and the book is all about what I'm talking about. It's about self-actualizing success. And I love this story that Ben tells. He teaches or has taught at the New England Conservatory of Music. You know, being a musician is, it's a grueling career. You got bossy conductors, you got a lot of demands on you. You got to practice a lot, it's tough. <clears throat> so the students are nervous all the time. I'm not gonna pass this class. You know, I'm not gonna play well, etc. So he decided, that at the beginning of the semester, he was just going to give them all an A. He said, "Oh, all of you already have an A in this class. Don't worry about your grade, but what I'd like you to do is to write to me about where you are by the time this class is over. Imagine that you're achieved you have achieved the goal you have set for yourself as a musician in this course. And what's going on with your playing? What's happening? And it was, it was miraculous. He said the students just felt this magical release and relaxation, and they just started to write about how they were improving and how they were interpreting the music and how they, all the things that you strive for as a really good musician. And they all improved, every single student, all of them. Because they told themselves, they they, they lived as if basically. It's great. And so in a job search, I like, I like to say that what I do is, is, yeah, I write resumes and I write LinkedIn profiles and other collateral. Yeah, I do that. But what I really do is I help people approach conversations with employers from a place of abundance and contribution rather than scarcity and, I don't know, begging please hire me. Please, sir, can I have some more? You know, because really everybody has gifts and what you're doing is you're going to the employer and you're offering up the gifts and you're saying, wow, I, I, I've I, been reading about your company. I've been following you. I know the industry really well. I've been working in it too and I really can relate to some of the challenges that you're having. Um, can we set up a talk? Can we get on, have a chat about this. Cause I, I'm really interested in being part of the team and, you know, sharing some of my ideas and that's a game changer for people because it's not like they feel like they have to prove something and it's a test. Now it's a conversation. It's, it's a level field. Like you're saying to this person, I get you, I guess it's like dating. right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. When
0: you say scarcity, just so for the audience to understand, what, what, what exactly do you mean by that? Coming from a place of scarcity.
1: Well, it means that you always feel like you have less than. you have mm-hmm. less. You're always going to have less. It's it's the best way to explain it is is how people think about money, right? Mm-hmm. I can't I can't go to Hawaii. I I don't have any money. I'm never going to have enough money to go to Hawaii because it can be it's expensive, you know. I'll never go to, I'm never gonna go to Europe. God, that is so expensive. I just, I can't ever do that. Well, the thing is you probably can do it. There's a way to do it. Or I can't spend money on that thing. Why? I mean, there's there's always a way to do something if you want to do it badly enough and you're allowed to. That's what I mean by scarcity. It's do I think that I'm never gonna have enough? I'm always never gonna have enough. Or do I think that, yeah, I will eventually have what I need. I just need to get there. And I think that I I have a lot of, I obviously have a lot of friends who are like me, solopreneurs, or they have their own companies. And I've talked about this with them. When you become a person running your own show, your mindset about a lot of things just completely flips. Money is one of those things. Because we all, and I'm sure you're one of them, we all invest in things for ourselves. Tools we need, coaching from other other coaches. We don't see it as a thing we can't afford. We see it as a growth tool, right? And so most people don't approach their lives that way. They're told, this is where you're supposed to be. These are the steps. Just be good. Be a good be a good person and just follow the rules and do what you're doing and then just accept what you're given and that's it. I don't buy it. And I don't want my clients to feel that way.
0: You could really, you know, you could appreciate this Ruth. So like a lot of people, when you graduate from college, you just kind of get a little lost and you're not where you thought you would be. <clears throat> and then it's easy to kind of go down this you fall down this path because, like, what the heck? I was supposed to just get, you know, be at some place and you compare yourself to others and you feel like a loser. And there came a time where there's like a switch, and like F it. I'm I got in my own mind, I was like, I'm gonna make X amount of money. I'm gonna do start my own business. And and I had this mantra, and it's Ruth, it was so weird, I swear to you. I didn't consciously do that. It just like started popping up and welling up. It's not like I sat down and wrote it out. I'm gonna do this. And in my head, I would constantly have it playing. I'm gonna you know, earn X amount, not to be crass, but it was just because after a while, when you get your butt kicked so many times, you're like, you know what, that's it. I'm over with this. I'm, I'm gonna give it everything I have. I'm gonna make it work. And it did work. And it it's the craziest thing it's really bizarre. Like I didn't even force it. It would be popping up in my head constantly. You know, what I need to do to succeed. How do I succeed? Giving like my, you know, how people will ruminate negatively. It was just the opposite. It was constantly like on a loop, making it positive and and, and it worked. And it sounds so weird. Even when I say it now, it sounds like, like it sounds crazy, but I swear to God, Ruth, it's, it was just the weirdest. And this went on for years and years and years, you know, and I was just like driven by it. And it was the wildest, greatest thing. And I don't know how you switched it on. Like for other people, I don't know how you switch it on. I don't know how that I switched on for myself. Maybe they just, everyone comes to a point in their, in their life where you go on a path and say, hey, either I could keep doing, like you said, from a scarcity mindset, woe is me, boo-hoo-hoo, I can never do this, or F it. I'm going for it. This is what I want to be. I'm going to act like this is what, you know, I have it already to, to, from your point. You know, I have it already. I'm there and just make it happen and build that life you want and get that career. You want and get that job you want. Right.
1: Yeah. And I, and to your point, a friend of mine, cause I, I, my first career was print journalism. Um, my, my friend, Julia Keller, who, uh, ended up working at the Chicago Tribune, and she's a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter, by the way. She just wrote a book called Quitting a Life Strategy. It just came out in April. I tell you guys, you have to get this book because this is exactly what, she talks about all of these um, well-known people who've had these experiences. She interviews psychologists and all kinds of people. And actually I'm in the book too. Oh, cool. Because You know, in my journalism career, I really loved my career for a long time because it's great. You get to talk to people and research things and you write about all kinds of topics. But after a certain point, I felt like I was being very repetitive in the kind of work that I did. And I'm just a person who needs variety. And even though I had a lot of variety in the work itself, I wanted to do something else. And I found, just like you, I found myself playing the scenario in my head about what I was doing and even talking to myself about it, about where I was and what was happening and who was I serving. And I ended up quitting and I did copywriting. I became a grant writer. A friend and I founded and ran a publication together. Um, I I found the process extremely freeing because I realized that I don't have to be tied to a specific income model. I can do my own thing. I really can't. You know, and sometimes you make money. Sometimes you don't make mm-hmm. money. Okay, I'm fine. I'm still here. And another thing that I always say to people, and it sounds like a downer, but it's kind of freeing. You're going to die. One day you're going to die. And you know what? After a certain point, no one about anything that you did or said, unless you're unless you cure cancer or do something like that, right? For most of us, ordinary people, we'll just fade. And so once you realize that, you go, well, then I'm just going to do what I want because like, who cares? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like a freeing thing that you realize you really can do whatever you want because you just can. It's okay. Nothing, you know, the world's not going to collapse. You, you know what I'm saying?
0: I, I 100% know. Like, I, I agree with you because it sounds initially for people who are listening might feel, gosh, that's such a dark way of looking at it's
1: not really to me
0: it's the opposite it's 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 life-changing because really what you're saying and i do this as a practice where sometimes you know you might have a bad day a bad hour a bad week a bad month whatever And it's easy to be you know like ah this is terrible but he goes what am i doing i'm i'm such and such years old how much time do i have left and i got to be out of my mind not to appreciate this little time we have left. And so what whatever it is, you got to make the best of it. You know, and by not doing it, that's a really dumb thing. Because why are you squandering this precious gift that you have? So I agree with you, because when you have that concept, so it's freeing, because then it's like, all right, I didn't get that interview. I didn't get that offer. Okay, it sucks. Okay. But you know what? Life goes on, I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep trying. I It's not going to help matters just to be, you know, depressed. I mean, of course you're going to feel bad, but you can't let it just overwhelm you. you.
1: Yeah. That's the other thing is if you feel something, you need to feel it. Don't have a cocktail. Don't, you know, bury yourself in work and try to forget it. Just let yourself feel the thing because it will dissipate we actually hold on to feelings in our bodies a lot longer than in our heads. And if you've had some kind of a trauma, and I don't mean major trauma, it could be anything. I got rejected for that job. You know, you feel it for a while. It's normal and it's fine. Because believe me, if you don't let it process, it's gonna come out somewhere else. It's fighting to get out and it's gonna come out. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have nightmares. You're gonna snap at your spouse. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're not gonna feel well. Something's gonna happen. So you just gotta give yourself time to like cry. Do it in private if you have to. You know, just do it. So that I mean that's that's a side aspect of this.
0: But so, yeah. Ruth, let's let's say this for people who watch this now or watching mm-hmm. it on replay. Are there kind of a how-to? So let's say whether for interviewing for a job. For maybe moving internally within your organization, to pivot, to maybe be an entrepreneur, like like almost like a, how do you reframe mm-hmm. your mindset? Because that's that's your, your specialty, kind of having that confidence to get people to say, okay, here's what we have to do and stay on track. Because it's not easy. It's easy to say, but right, it's hard. No, it do. can be so- a
1: journey. It's definitely a journey.
0: So what would you say like what what let's take someone who's looking for a job you know there's so many yeah. layoffs now and downsizing and hiring right. freezes so if you're you feel stuck within your organization and you want to move up or you just want to move out what can you do
1: Okay so this is actually I, this is how I do things but I also when people have just wanted to chat with me for a few minutes I'll just give yeah. them this advice Take a breath and instead of <clears throat> I guess they call it rage applying, where you just look at all this yeah. stuff and go, oh apply, apply, apply. Don't do it. It's tempting, it's staring you in the face. It's like a snack in the refrigerator going, right? <laughs> Don't do it. Instead, take a hot minute, look at your job history, and recall for yourself in each of the jobs that you had, and also in things that you do outside of work. What really excites you about that? When are the moments when you were so involved in what you were doing that you just forgot what time it was, right? What are the things that you did that you were so proud of? Maybe someone didn't give you an award for it or even acknowledge it, but you know you did a great job. Write all that stuff down, okay? Now look at it and you're gonna see patterns. You're going to see things about your past that inform you about who you are and what your power is that you forgot about. Because, you know, we're all buried in the trees and we forget the forest, right? So the first thing then is to take stock of who you are, where you are. Think to yourself, wow, I did a lot of great stuff. But what's really important to me, though, at the end of the day, what are the values that I hold? dear, that I really want to live in my life that I really can't sacrifice. Make a list of those things. Think about them to yourself. If you're not a writer, I tell people, use your recorder on your phone. Talk to yourself, right? And just so you have it down somewhere. And then decide, okay, I know these things are important to me. And I know I'm good at these things. And I like these things. and. I'm going to make a list of, for myself of of what my ideal place would be and the ideal work I want to do and sort of what my non-negotiables are when I'm looking for something. Now see right away you've put yourself in a position of control, relative control. And because you know what you're looking for and you know what you want to get out of it. You're not randomly trying to plug yourself into a bunch of jobs. Instead, you're gonna to try to make the relationship where you where it meets your needs too. It's mutual, right? So if you decide that you wanna make a change and you wanna go into something, a different sector, a different industry, something that's not what, exactly what you're doing now, um, I then send people on a research mission research everything you can about that job or that thing you want to do, and then find some people who actually do it and talk to them. And you can ask them a bunch of questions. Gosh, I love what you're doing. It's so, how did you get into that? And then people, many people love to just, they love somebody listening to them and seeing them and you're help you're helping them too, because you're helping them to talk to you about themselves, which makes people feel better about themselves too, right? So they're telling you about their education, their probably crooked career path, because let's face it, most mm-hmm. people have a crooked career path.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're, you're being enlightened about what their days are like, what's the work actually like, and you're coming away from this knowing more about whether you want that thing or not, and also how to get it, because then you can go back and say, wow, getting into that field is not as hard as I thought it was. And in fact, a lot of the skills that they have, I have them already. To context might be different, but I have those skills. I don't know, wow. I just need to get an extra certification in this thing. Or in extreme cases, I need to get a master's degree or something or a different <laughs> degree. Depends, you know. Um, or I can start at a lower level in that thing upskill through the company and then move into that role later, right? There's a way you just have to figure out what it is. And then when you, when you write documents or when you talk about yourself, you want to aim at the thing that you're wanting, which means you have to reframe the skills that you had before in the new context, right? You have to, you if there's, I'm trying to think of an example. Help me out here, Jack. <laughs> like, if you wanted to move from, I don't know, uh, accounting to IT, right? Mm-hmm. In IT, there's, of course, hard skills you have to have, right? Technical skills. And that's objective. You can go get those skills. There, you can do it. There's education available for that. But there's a lot of soft skills, too you have to be able to to be a good analyst be able to problem solve you have to be able to see the big picture and the details well guess what you were doing that in your old career you know how to do that and frankly when when people get into a company i don't think anybody assumes that you just walk in there and just they plug you in and you just start doing your job at least if the company is a good company Mm -hmm. they have to train you a little bit on how they do things how do they work together? And sometimes a really good company will offer you more training to help you understand a thing you need to understand. Right? I, my husband's a project manager and in, in manufacturing and engineering. And when he started his job, he he knew how to he he knew everything about how to you know make the thing they're making as in, you know on, on the inside. Mm-hmm. And he also is a certified. He's a PMP, so he understands project management but they have their own way of doing it at his company. So he had a learning curve to use their system and how they do it. And he wasn't really worried about it because he knew that they would help him out with that. Right? So that's how you do it. And I feel like to me, it makes a lot of sense, right? Know what's important, know what you want, figure out what you need to do to get it and then do it. Right?
0: You know, it's it sounds straightforward. I love it. and. For some people, for a lot of, I would say for most people, it's hard to do it. And I wonder, I wonder, Ruth, like I'm a Gen Xer, right? And to me, during that time period growing up, you felt like, okay, I could do what I want to do and and what have you. Yeah, me too. Is it maybe a societal thing, Ruth, now that as a country, there's all this negativity And almost like a race to the bottom, like, oh, I, you know, I I can't do this because of this or that, what have you. Do you think that also holds people back because Mm -hmm. you don't have that kind of, you know, entrepreneurial mindset for a lot of people? You don't have this, oh, I can do it mindset. It's just the opposite, you know, where you just feel like for whatever reason you're being held back.
1: Well, I have two things to say about that. The first thing is at an individual level. Mm -hmm. When you wanna make a change in how you approach things, you need to do it in micro steps. If you have decided, I'm miserable, I have to do something. The first thing you can do is is just start thinking about it, talking to a friend of yours about it, or writing about it. Just imagine what it is you wanna do. And just practice that imagination over Don't even do anything, don't take any steps. And then you take the micro steps of going back to examine what it is you want and how to get there, right? You have to do it very, very slowly sometimes. And that's, I try to immerse my clients in the work to get them to see that it's possible. And they do start seeing it's possible because once they do it and we talk about it, I say to them, look, look, look at you. You just, you just told me what's great about you. Yeah, I guess I did, didn't I? Yes, you did. So let's leverage that, mm-hmm. right? The other thing I was going to say is, and also support. You got to surround yourself with, with friends and mentors, people that know that you're great, that believe that you're great, that really want to support you, that want to give you honest feedback. It's super important to, I don't know if you've ever read Atomic Habits. Have you read that book, mm-hmm. Jack? You know, James Clear. I can't, partner. you know what?
0: I, I don't have the attention span to read books anymore. Right? Yeah, I know what anyway. you're saying
1: because it, it gets busy, but. <laughs> no, I just,
0: I, I it's a TikTok mentality now. It's hard to I do. I know, I'll it is So I bought the book, but, but it's, it was really big. So like I skimmed through it.
1: Oh, it's it actually is very skimful. Yeah. Like James Clear writes in Nuggets, yeah. Yeah. but <clears throat> Atomic Habits is a great book. And so one of his big messages is that you have to set yourself up for success if you want to make change. Your environment has to be engineered for change. You have to. You have to realize that there's obstacles that are in your way, and you have to figure out how to get rid of them. It's like when you're trying to lose weight, you got to clean your cabinets out. Don't have potato chips in your house. Like, don't buy that stuff, right?
0: That's my weakness. That's I I I try really hard not to have because I'll I'll eat the whole bag. Love potato chips. I love the potato chips, and I love those like little pretzel nuggets, like honey mustard and cheddar. Oh, those are
1: good, but I I'll I'll just polish
0: it so I, I I ban them from the house. Can't do it.
1: That's just yeah, side note. So Sorry, I
0: don't need to go on. Uh,
1: no, but you've just you've just said you've just furthered what I said, dude. right? You know that it's a thing that holds you back, so you just got rid of it, right? Yep. And frankly, it takes like sixty days to get a habit to stick. You get discouraged after three days. I can't do this. Yes, keep going. And if you don't do it one day, tomorrow's a new day. Just get up and do it tomorrow. Okay. And the other thing I was going to say is. You know, I was in journalism for quite a while. The thing is, the conversation gets colored by what is in the media, Mm -hmm. news media, entertainment media, all media, right? Um, When we say the sky is falling, it it falls. Everybody goes, oh, my God, the economy is bad oh my God, I can't do X, I can't do Y. Because the, but then on the other hand, you can look at the data and it tells you the economy's actually in really good shape. It's We thought all these terrible things were gonna happen. They didn't happen. In fact, there's a lot of hiring going on right now. Yes, yay. I sometimes wish that, that, that it was, everything could just be reframed and redescribed. That it's not like I wanna put on rose colored glasses and say, nothing's wrong. But can't we talk about it differently? Can we say, wow, things are going really great right now? We're almost where we need to be. We just got these few things we need to address, but man, we could do this. Like, can you imagine how differently everybody would feel if that's how we talked about it instead of, well, the numbers are depressing today and uh, the Dow is down and, you know? Mm-hmm. And now I get it because having been in the business, I've witnessed and experienced the bad news sells because there's just something about us as human beings. We just want to, I don't know, we're attracted to disaster. It's like, we have to, we just have to watch the train wreck. You know, it's a thing. It's so true.
0: Like Literally what we're going through right now, if you think about it for, you know, we're worried about you know, the Ukraine Russian war that could get us oh. into World War 3 we're worried about high inflation, we're high, you know, interest rates, you know, the cost of goods going higher, like, all well, that negativity, but meanwhile, the stock market has been on a tear.
1: Yeah, so it's like, wait exactly. a minute.
0: So why are we not talking about that? Because that's a forward indicator. And and investors are putting their money where their mouth is. So it's not just talk, they're betting that the future is going to be brighter.
1: Well, that's but right. That doesn't that's get that talked indicator- about,
0: but it's all the other stuff that gets talked about—the negative stuff.
1: So I'm just going to challenge you to write about that for Forbes.
0: Oh, I haven't. I haven't. So, so I've been to, because I try to bring these things out because there's such negativity, and I, I don't want to be part of it. Like I really purposely try when I write to look at things that are uplifting, that are helpful, that people can learn. Just like this conversation, that's one of the reasons why I, I like. Doing this and I want to do more of these things because it's uplifting, it's giving good, positive advice, it's helping people as opposed to just the onslaught of negativity, doom, gloom, hate, anger, you know, ginning up everywhere. Like I- just, just making everyone be miserable. It's your fault, it's your fault. This is bad. This is terrible. I'm not into that. I'm into more of just positivity and making things happen. And then, like, do it like when I write, it's like what you're talking about, giving actionable advice, you know, that here's what you could do. And you gave well, a you lot of great stuff, but the micro it, part, that that like really stands out. And I like to, if you don't mind, emphasize, emphasize that for people, because I think geez. what happens when you're looking for a new job, you're looking to advance in your career, you're looking to pivot, you're looking to reinvest in yourself, you get so overwhelmed. How do I do this? And then most people just don't because it's just too wow. much. But if you do I little incremental <laughs> steps, that's such a different because like, oh, I could do this one little thing then I could do this next little thing <laughs> and the Jim next Scher one
1: talks about that. Yeah, right? it's absolutely right. A friend always used to say to me, how do you eat an elephant? <laughs> one bite at a time. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Right. I, it sounds like, yes. And that's Not that I want of, to eat an elephant. I
0: That'd be kind of gross, but yeah. Yeah, it would. <laughs> I don't
1: understand how that got started, but I mean, it's a good point. Um, yeah. And the other thing I Ultimately, I think that what comes out of this is that you learn to see yourself as as a solution to somebody's problems, right? This This is really the game changer when you're looking for a job is to start seeing yourself differently. You are not a beggar asking for a handout. You are a solution to something because why is there a job ad? Why is there an opening? Why are they looking for somebody? Because they got something they need to fix or maintain or further, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise they wouldn't be hiring anybody. And I got to tell you, I, my husband was out of work from, for most of 2020. And when he's been laid off before, he's always been able to get a job right away. But you know how weird that year was. People were not hiring, yeah. they weren't even interviewing. They were just changing their minds. We're not doing it. We ended up moving from Columbus, Ohio to Rochester, New York for, to, for him to work. And I gave him this piece of advice and he, he took it and it, it was great. In the interview, I, he asked them, you know, well, what's keeping you guys up at night? Like right at the outset, He just said that. And the interview turned and it all became a discussion of what's going on in the company and what his experience has been and how can I help and how do you view it and how do I view it? And then he got hired.
0: It's fantastic.
1: People think a job interview is a big quiz, right? Oh God, I have to have an answer for like, what's your greatest weakness? Oh my God, I have to have an answer for what's your strength. Oh my God. No, it's not about that. It's Yeah, people ask you that stuff, they do. But it's all about being able to come in there and tell people how you solve problems and using every question as an opportunity to tell a story about that. Just know you're there to showcase yourself. So listen to what they said, but come back and say, you know, I hate doing presentations because I get so nervous. That's like a huge weakness of mine. But I talked to someone over in marketing who really helped me with that. And like, I'm really good at it now. In fact, I gave this amazing presentation just last week for the executive team. They were so impressed that one of them called me aside and and wanted to promote me. You know what I mean? It's like, you have to take what they give you and make it better and show them you really are who they want, right? That's that's the opportunity here.
0: You're so right, because as from a recruiter standpoint, so many times I'll get feedback about a candidate where they go in and they're very robotic. You know, all oh. of a sudden they they're not their authentic self. They're just like, yes, no, <laughs> very like a corporate drone. Like oh,
1: they're nervous. They yeah. And,
0: and it's terrible because like they're just. They're acting the part of what they think they should do as an interviewee, but it's all wrong because it's like your husband did. You have to come in there and say, hey, I could give value. Here's how I could help. Here's how I can make your life better. Let's say I'm intervie- you know, you're you interviewing me for, to, to report to you. I want to find ways. How can I make Ruth do her job better? How can I make uh-huh. her life better? That's, what, that's really the secret. It's like the boss really wants somebody who can come in there and make your life better. It doesn't mean you're going to put your feet up on the desk and do nothing, but you're going to help. You're going to make your life better. So then you're going to be like, I love Jack. He's great because look, he's making it so much easier for me to do my job. This is fantastic. So you want to come up with solutions.
1: Brad, yeah, he's making it easier yeah. for me to interview him. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. And then also you want to have like, you want to come in with some energy, some passion, some enthusiasm, right. because oftentimes you go in and like you, you alluded to a lot of times, like they just give like the boring cliche answer, or they're worried and stressed out about like, Oh, what are they going to do when they ask me, do I have any questions? And they can't focus on the interview because they're worried about that. And, and it's just, it's just it's all wrong. And you just want to come in there and here's here's what I bring to the table. Here's how I can help you. Here's how I can make a difference. Here's how I can make an impact. And then that's what they want to hear.
1: Oh, absolutely. But in all fairness, interviews are kind of a fake situation. Because- <laughs> Very fake.
0: It's yeah. the weirdest thing. And
1: everybody, I got to tell you guys, even the people doing the interviews are nervous.
0: Because- <laughs> They're more nervous, the interviewers. First They're of more all- risk. They have more to lose.
1: Yeah, they also they don't want to look bad. They don't want the company to look bad. Yeah, they don't want their boss to get mad at them because like they missed a good opportunity and or made help them make a bad hire or good whatever it was, and also as human beings they don't want to look bad to you. And trust me, people interviewing you they're rooting for you. They don't want you. They're they're like if you if you flub up on something the they are going oh no. I want to hug him. I mean, you know what I mean. Not everybody, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. It's like people don't want you to fail.
0: You're right because if I if I'm interviewing somebody,
1: yeah, I will.
0: I don't want to keep interviewing for weeks and months. I want to find that right person. So, if I find someone good, I'm so happy. This is great. I got that right person. Yeah. I want that person to succeed. I want to like that person. So, I'm looking for that. You know, that's, I don't want to look for someone to point out weaknesses and faults because what, what good does that do? I want to find out, like, hey, this person is great. I'm so, I'm so jazzed that I found this person.
1: I'll tell you though, there are interviews and you know it as well as I do where, especially in institutions like higher education, the interview is very scripted. Mm-hmm. They will come in and they will have this giant list of things they need to check yeah. off. Really, it's not helpful people to come in there like that and not have a conversation with the person you're interviewing. Now I get it. There's so many protocols in higher ed. It's it's It can be overwhelming and you feel like you have to do this, at, you're, because you as an interview have all the stuff you have to do for HR, right? Okay, so tell me about that. Tell me about this, you know? And um, actually a client was just telling me that, I said, how'd the interview go? Did you get to talk about this or this that we discussed? And she said, well, it was really hard because the person never changed their expression. <laughs> and all they did was recite questions from a list. And I was like, how do I have a conversation with this person? You know what I said to her? And she felt this too. I said, you probably don't want to work there. Because if they're very rule driven like that, without any flexibility, like how are they running the place? Exactly. It's a tell.
0: It's a tell. It's a a red flag that maybe this is not the right, you know, the right fit. Although I find a, a good hack is that when they're doing that, try to try to kind of be human to them. And then sometimes what happens is the interviewer realizes, yeah, I'm just acting like this very cold, clinical, robotic interviewer. And and people who have empathy, people who don't, it won't work, but people who have some empathy, yeah. and that's what you want anyway to work for. You don't want to work for <laughs> someone who just has no feelings and is just a toxic micromanager. So if someone is like halfway normal, and then you Bring yourself, and you could be vulnerable, and you could be open, and honest, and authentic. They pick up on it, and if they don't pick up on it, that's a little cute. Like uh, this is what it's gonna be like working for this person. Uh, it's maybe looking for something else. Yeah, uh, but if
1: if you're not being interviewed by the hiring manager right yeah. away like that, it could be just that person. Like you really yeah. don't know, but you kind of have to guess. And that's why I always, I also always tell people that part of your interview perhaps should be to talk to people who work in the company because you wanna, you wanna just talk to them about how they like working there. And if if you feel like you can ask them, you can also ask them how their interview went, if they remember their interview. What was it like to interview here? Was it an interrogation or conversation? Mm-hmm. Like you just wanna find out a little bit. And you also might ask them about, oh, do you know Sally? Cause she's on, my, um, on the team that's interviewing me. Oh yeah, I know her, I know her. What's she like? Is she kind of just all buttoned up or is she like a relaxed person? Like you just want to get a sort of a read on these people so that when you go in, you know what you know what to expect, right?
0: 100% because I, I got to tell you, when I first started recruiting, it was so different where I would, let's say you're my candidate, you know, I'm representing you, you'd go and meet so-and-so. Then afterwards, the HR person or the higher manager will get back and say, hey, Jack, I really like Ruth. Here's what I liked about her. I like one, two, and three. I think she needs help with A, B, and C. Then I could go back to you and say, Ruth, okay, they really liked you. They do want to have you come back, but here's what we need to do. We got to talk about A, B, and C. And then you brush up on it. Then they'd also say, hey, you're meeting with Susan or Phil. He- they're Jets fans, they're this fans, you know, (laughs) they live in, you know, Long Island, whatever. So then you get color and context. So then I could go back to you and say, hey, you're a Jets fan too. You're a Giants fan or whatever the case may be. So are they, you know, oh, you live in Long Island too, or you have family in Long Island. So then you have those icebreaker kind of things. Now it doesn't happen as much anymore, which makes it more challenging. It's very rare that you get that. And that's a, it's a, a very unfortunate thing for job seekers because you miss out on that color. But to your point, which you mentioned before, the key is you know again you want to have, don't have, want to have a scarcity mindset. You want to have an abundance mindset. So right. we, so like okay if that doesn't exist anymore, all right, well let me open up another door. So then you want to tap into your network, and then you want to find like you were saying, find somebody who you know like six degrees of like Kevin Bacon, where who knows no, someone right. who knows someone <laughs> who's at the company then you can get that insider information plus that person can give you a hearty recommendation and that goes a long way so if you're going in to interview and someone already put in a good word and then maybe if you get two people to put in a good word then you're golden then you go right to the front of the line and now you have that halo effect where like wait i heard it from you know tom and betty that jack is really good so yeah i want to meet them like i gotta now i'm excited i want to see what this person's about two separate people so to your point there's always a way so if one door closes you can open up another door you just have to be thoughtful you have to figure it out you have to be scrappy and you have to kind of you know not give up and keep trying
1: well you know i think that's that's kind of the superpower that i bring to this process because i was i was a reporter and You do not have a choice. You got a deadline. You got to find the person or someone like them. You got to figure out how to get the information. I mean, I have gone to people's houses and knocked on the door because I could not get them on the phone. You can't do that if they don't live in your state, obviously, (laughs) unless you have resources and it's, you know, but you just, you learn that there's a way. If I need to get the thing, there's somewhere I can get it. I just have to think logically, where's the paper trail? Where's that Mm -hmm. thing? Who would know that person? Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's the same for like if you want to find the hiring manager, you want to figure out something about the company. And you know what? Yes. In this technological age, there's so much stuff that is overwhelming, right? And AI is now here. There's Mm -hmm. all these things, and it's kind of in a way anxiety producing. But on the other hand, we don't have to try as hard to find things out, right? Mm-hmm. When I started in the business, I mean, the internet was just not even quite here yet. I mean, I I, didn't, I was, I mean, I'm dating myself, but I, I used to, a Selectric typewriter, yeah. my first job on a small paper, you know? And um, now if you want to find somebody, oh my God, there's so many places you can go to figure out how to find a person. I am telling you. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to call see, a librarian and ask them to look in the crisscross directory, you know,
0: it's like, see, but this is the thing, it's, this is to your point, because give you an example from from yeah. uh, my writing, you could look at it like, oh my God, journalists and reporters could be just who needs them anymore, could happen to some, could happen to a lot, but I find it, it's so much easier for me now with AI to just do my homework on things because you, know, oh. you can't be an expert in everything, but it makes it so much easier for me to find information super quick. And, and then I could kind of like, oh, all right, what well, would have taken hours to do homework? I could like uh, five minutes, two minutes. So it's all how you look at it. So it's like you look at, wait, this is to me, great. Could could I maybe lose my job, you know, you know writing maybe, but I think if I uh, leveraging the technology, and oh, leveraging yeah. AI, I think it's gonna make me better because I, I, I'm going to get knowledge quicker, faster than yep. everybody else, and I'm going to learn more, and I'm going to add more value. So it's a positive. There's some,
1: there's some really solid ways, by the way. Chat GBT, right now it's free to use. It it does. It is not updated past 2021. I do have to tell you that if you don't know that. So. Would well,
0: you use but, Google Bard? That's that's update. That's yeah. That's
1: that's true. You can. That's, yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, Google Bard, and then there's a few others too. That's pretty. Right. You know, but here's date, the yeah. thing
1: about here's the thing <clears throat> on the subject of AI. OK, <clears throat> there's a, everybody is like, here's how to write your resume using <laughs> AI. OK, I got to tell you, it's not the greatest idea. And here's why, because it the software uses the information it has available. So it's either what you feed it or what's out there on the Internet. Right. So it's it's taking what's in that job ad and it's just reformatting the information from the ad and making it look like a resume. Well, that's not good. What if you don't have all those qualifications, right? And if you feed it your qualifications, it's probably gonna take those and make them look like a resume, but you're still gonna have a lot of work to do because there's always a backstory to everything you've done. And there's a lot of finessing that needs to happen in explaining how you achieve something or why it worked. So it's not, it's not, writing a resume is not just a clerical duty. Mm-hmm. It's also getting to the story behind what you did and making decisions about how you're going to tell that story. How many, how much detail you're going to give? Uh, do I need to leave some things out and include other things? What goes at the top? I mean, I think that AI is great. There's a like a base. Let's say you do want to do it yourself. Okay. You can get organized kind of with it, but you still have to do more work. But I'll tell you what, what AI is great for. Okay, you're applying for for a job in a field. Uh, I don't know. The mortgage industry. Mm-hmm. okay. So you can say to the AI tool, what are the uh, what are the areas of achievement that employers in the mortgage industry look for on a resume? Be very specific in your ask the tool will go and look around on the internet and different places. And will tell you, usually in this industry, employers look for a person who knows how to, who knows how to do these things for the company, right? You now have this list and you can go, Oh gosh, now I can figure out stuff I did in each of these areas and put them on my resume. Right. It's really good for mm-hmm. stuff like that. If you have a question that requires gathering up a lot of information from disparate sources that's what ai is really good for right now Do, would you agree jack absolutely yeah
0: absolutely so let me ask you this. we're running out of time here so yeah. any last minute advice or at last minute that maybe we talked about mm-hmm. a lot of things but anything that maybe well, yeah. i didn't ask you that you feel is really important to share with everyone
1: well I just want—if you're out there looking for a job, or you want to make a change in how you're making a living—you you you absolutely can do it. You just have to figure out what it is you're offering and who's buying, right? Whether it's a customer or an employer, and then figure out how you're going to explain that you can deliver that thing, right? Mm -hmm. Show proof that you can do it. You can absolutely do this, 100%. But I and i will say in a in an act of shameless self promotion <laughs> go for it that <laughs> it's it really is it really can be overwhelming to figure out what the system is to get this done and to have accountability for getting it done right and and so that's what i'm here for and not just me but other people who are really good at this coaching stuff right there's a lot of us out there who really can help you mm-hmm. it's it's worth doing because it's gonna cut down on the time that it takes you to do your job search. Plus you're gonna feel supported by somebody the whole time. And that's really, that can be extremely valuable because as I like to point out, think, how, think of how much it's costing you not to get a job.
0: Just gonna leave expensive.
1: that to lie with you for a moment. <laughs>
0: It's very expensive time, you know, it's so, if people want to find you, how do they, where can they look Ruth? Oh, I'm on LinkedIn.
1: I'm on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Um, All my contact information is there. I love to connect with people. Ask me whatever you want. Honestly, you ask me a question, I'll answer it. Um, And also I am at um, confidentcareersearch.com, which is I think up at the top of this frame. And I also write a column on Substack. If you're familiar with Substack.com, which is if you know about Medium, it's a competitor of Medium, which is kind of like a, how would you describe it? Like a sort of like a magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a platform for writers. Um, that's what I write on now. And you can subscribe. But I usually put everything that I write also on my blog on my website. So.
0: Fantastic. That's, that's
1: how you can find me.
0: Wait, are you on Twitter?
1: No, No? I'm not on Twitter. That is one tool that I have not embraced.
0: I could try out the new Instagram, Twitter, Instagram version of Twitter or...
1: Well, I I used to be all over the place. I actually had been a wedding officiant as well. And so I was on Instagram and all these different places. It's tiring to be everywhere. Yeah. You got to figure out where you belong. LinkedIn, I'm all over it.
0: Right. This is great. And uh, for people who want to reach out, um one of the reasons I'm kind of doing these series is that building a startup, uh, Cochiro, where we try to help people. And what we're seeing now with you know, a lot of layoffs, hiring freezes, angst, uncertainty, and everything that Ruth was talking about, we're, we're trying to do is really help people, you know, help people find jobs, help them to navigate their careers, how, how to find a job, how to negotiate salary and from a very positive, you know, abundance mindset. So so feel free also to hit me up. I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter. Oh um, yeah,
1: definitely. You should do that. 100%. Yeah,
0: so I think, I think, you know, what we're trying to do is really make a big difference and make a big impact. And for the people who are out there, you know, who are looking, hit up Ruth, she's, as you could listen to her, she's brilliant, she's smart, she's experienced, and she's uh, full of knowledge. So thank you. Um, thanks, Ruth. Thanks, everybody, for watching. This is great. I think, hopefully, your people learned a whole heck of a lot. And, uh, and we're going to keep doing this. Our mission is to keep getting I love, people higher I,
1: I could talk about this stuff all day. Because <laughs> it's really about making people's lives better. Yes. Right? absolutely
0: absolutely which is great and you know there's also a lot of value maybe a little selfishness when you help somebody and you improve their career in life you get a lot of nourishment from oh, that. you get a lot you get a lot 100%. back. It's, it's right it's amazing i i'll leave you with this like this is one crazy thing that you know from you know, recruiting for like 25 years I, I i'll speak to people who i placed you know you know, twenty years ago, making thirty thousand dollars, and now they're making three hundred thousand dollars, and you know, plus. And I'm not gonna take credit for everything, but I could take a little bit of a little measure. Oh no, hundred percent. You know, for getting that person to get to where you know a little help to get. Oh to where my they god. About microsteps to give that one, maybe that one thing that opened the door to move forward. It is. It's. It's. it's, it's you you could bring it's it's, it's not It's something it's like a good thing, it's a joy, positive thing right. a joy yep. that you get from helping somebody.
1: Well, I to I also want to just quickly share this story.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> I I've been working with a young woman who was who's in public relations, who had a has had a couple of beginning entry-level jobs, you know, and she's been elevated a little bit in those jobs for more responsibility. And she's been doing a great job in the hospitality industry, helping you know get publicity and recognition for hotels and luxury brands and things but she really wanted to get out and work for a company with more opportunity and she really just didn't have a lot of confidence at the beginning well to make a long story short she went for an interview she's had a bunch of interviews it didn't feel like the right fit so she has this interview and it's for like a senior account manager okay great so the person comes back to her and says you know what we actually decided you know we're going to go with a different candidate for that job but we want you to come on board as the director Mm -hmm. of this department assistant director you know and i'm at a manager level and she just couldn't believe it she called me and she's like the most amazing thing just happened. I went in for this job, and like they gave me a better job, you know? I'm that's telling awesome. you, she learned how to talk about what she delivers and why it's important.
0: That's fantastic, that's amazing. She knocked
1: it out of the park. <laughs> I was like, whoa, you know? Right?
0: And you wonder who's happier, you or her, right? Like we're, we're both like equally- I'm like, super just happy.
1: I can't Excellent. wait to see what happens to her after this. She's Excellent.
0: gonna and, and hopefully we're gonna have more and more of these stories. So this is great. This is why we're doing it, Ruth. So thank you so much for being on the show. You thank you. My pleasure. I love the advice. I think it was amazing, and people could learn from it. And we're gonna I'll keep you know fast for putting it on LinkedIn and sharing it so other people could watch it who have you know who aren't around today. Well, thanks so much, Ruth.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Bye.